With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
<clears throat> so this is a uh, an absolute no-brainer. If you want to figure out how to get to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Program uh, to the two-day courses, you can go to rwva.org. That's our homepage. On the homepage, look at uh, the tabs across the top. The second one from the left says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that and you'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. That'll take you to a page that has a map on it. On the map, just put your cursor on the state where you'd like to attend an event. And if you uh, live somewhere near the border of a state, you can also, there's a hot link embedded in the text above. You can go into that hot link and click on it, and you'll find all the events across the United States that are listed. Now, Appleseed is running a two-day rifle marksmanship course every single weekend of the year somewhere within a reasonable driving distance of you. All right? That means that no matter what weekend it is, you can take a look at the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship calendar, and you can select a weekend to attend. <clears throat> now, folks, don't uh, don't wait around on this. Don't mess around on this. Don't uh, put this on your list of something uh, that can be done at some time in the future, because those things never get done. Uh, much better to put this in the column that says do it right now. Make a difference right now. And one of the things that we're going to tell you at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, one of the things hopefully that you'll understand by the end of the event is that you're going to have two choices on how you leave the event. For some of you, you'll decide that, uh, that the information we've given you, that the decisions we've asked you to make are going to be too uh, rough and you're going to go back home, you're going to get back on your couch, you're going to get the remote control, and you're going to head straight to your 30-minute sitcoms so that you can live your life one 30-minute sitcom at a time where the whole world uh, is happy and joyful, and then there's some type of dramatic problem, but it's worked out in the, the next 30 minutes, and by the end of the 30 minutes, everything in the world is good again, and you can uh, safely click to the next 30-minute sitcom. Then the rest of you are going to realize that the responsibility for maintaining the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you, the responsibility for maintaining these freedoms rests directly on your shoulders. It's a non-delegatable responsibility. You can't delegate it to your son or to your father or your mother or your dentist or your doctor or your sister or anybody, you have to take responsibility yourself. You have to make sure that you are maintaining these rights and freedoms. You certainly can't delegate it to your senator or your congressman, right? Uh, you have to understand that it, this this responsibility it's a sacred responsibility and it rests on your shoulders you the actual government of the united states of america we the people of these united states the president is not the government the senators and congressmen are not the government they are your servants they are elected to represent you and your wishes in order for them to know what your wishes are, you have to contact them and tell them. Let's go on the assumption that 
that they just don't know what they're supposed to do, that anything that they're doing is uh, uh, that's not right is just because they just don't know. So the first thing you have to do is you have to let them know. You've got to let them know what they need to be doing. And then if they refuse to do that, then maybe you should get somebody else. Now, at the end of the day, maybe you yourself should consider uh, running for some office. If that's what needs to be done, then you have to do it. Like I said, the responsibility rests on your shoulders, each and every one of us, we the people of these United States. When you come to an Appleseed event, that's part of what we're going to talk to you about. Now, we're not going to hammer it into you. Uh, we're just going to make sure that you understand that that's where the responsibility lies. We don't have any politics at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekend, at least no politics that are any newer than uh, 1775. We welcome any and all uh, letters in front of people's names, no matter what it is, uh, D R I L anything. It doesn't matter. The Appleseed Project is uh, is there to serve all Americans, just like the Constitution does not belong to any particular party. It's there for the people of the United States. And we want to do the same thing. We want to help you out. We want to get you started. And we're going to start that off by teaching you how to safely and competently handle handle a rifle. Because that is part of our heritage. That's the, it's the actually the only sport that uh, we that we share with the founding fathers is rifle marksmanship, and it's a good place to start. And from there, we're going to bring you <clears throat> uh, the information about April 19, 1775, and then we're going to ask you to uh, to get involved. We're going to ask you to do your part. And and as I said, it's uh, it's not. This isn't an optional thing. You can't uh, you can't unvolunteer to protect your rights. Well, I, I suppose you could. I suppose you could unvolunteer to protect your rights. Uh, uh, but uh, but that's a pretty ridiculous uh, path to go down. All right, <clears throat> tonight. Uh, on our show, we have Sheriff Richard Mack as our guest, and uh, Sheriff Mack has been uh, an advocate of the people, an advocate of constitutional rights for many, many years, and uh, and he's got a lot of great current projects that he's working on, and uh, and without further ado, let's go ahead and and bring him on. Sheriff Mack, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Scott. It, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, i got to tell you, I'm uh, in a little town called Lordsburg, New Mexico right now, and uh, heading back home to Texas. Well, I thought uh, when I spoke to, uh, I believe it was either you or Titania, I believe she said that you were going to be in Arizona, so I knew you were going to be on the road tonight, and I'm, I really appreciate you uh, carving out some time to speak to us because it's very important. You, the message that you're getting out is very, very important. And uh, and if you could just kind of give us a, a little bit of the history of of how you got started doing this, and and bring us right up to the current project you're on, which is the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs Association. 
So just give us a, a little bit of the of the history of where you've been and what you're going to do now. Okay, well, yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I guess it all started when I was a, a, a rookie police officer uh, in Utah, and um, I decided that uh, in order to actually keep my oath of office uh, that I took when I became a cop, uh, that I would have to uh, know and understand the Constitution. And uh, I believe that it's impossible to keep an oath of allegiance to the Constitution if you've never read it. And so uh, I and decided that, that to covers start... about, uh, I would say, probably about at least 90 to 95 percent of Americans today. Yeah, and especially public officials. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, so we have all these... Uh, public officials, cops and sheriffs and legislators and judges and even the President of the United States, whoever it is, I don't care, I'm not just talking about the guy that's in the White House now, I'm talking about everybody that's been in that office. They swear an oath of allegiance, they have to, they're on national television swearing in front of all of us and in the name of God that they'll uphold and defend the Constitution and then the very next day they become a perjurer or a liar. And they have they do the the thing that I was impressed with the most when I first started reading the Constitution is that I kind of viewed it as an investigation, and I've been an investigator and and a detective, and uh, what I read in the Constitution I compared to what government was doing, and I'm telling you I saw no similarity whatsoever, and this was in back like in 1983. And the disconnect between the two has gotten more profound and more acute uh, since then. And we are way off the constitutional path. We have a thing called the Bill of Rights in our Constitution that was intended to be the ten principles, but there's more than, you know, the First Amendment has five principles, so there's, there's more than ten, but there's ten amendments that contain principles that government could never violate. And and essentially, the Bill of Rights uh, was a, a list of untouchables. And I, I, by untouchables, I mean government can never touch these. They can't change them. They can't even think about legislating against these rights. And you've been talking about the Second Amendment uh, in your monologue to begin the show. And we now have about 23, maybe 24,000 gun control laws in this country, all of which, uh, except if, if you're trying to keep a violent felon from having a gun, that would be the only gun control law that would be lawful. The rest of them are completely unconstitutional, unlawful, illegal, and immoral. And so that's one of the signs of how far off we've gotten in our country, but there's many others. And you so, think about that for just a minute, though. 24,000 laws concerning control laws. 24,000. Right. I mean, how, yeah. uh, uh, how does that happen? absolutely mind-boggling. It is. And, and when you look at the Second Amendment and when you study the Second Amendment, which I did, and I'm not even a gun advocate. I've never even been a hunter. I never even owned a gun, my own gun, where I went and bought a gun. I never even owned a gun until 1988 when I was first elected as sheriff of Graham County, Arizona. But that gets ahead of my story a little bit. <laughs> so 
I, I stayed on with the Provo Police Department for 11 and a half years. I was converted to the Constitution in 1984. I, I swore that I would never violate the Constitution, that I would, I would keep my job, but I would uphold and defend the Constitution. I would keep my oath. And, and I got to where I, I had a, a great deal of disdain for the things that we did in government, especially in law enforcement, writing all these tickets and, and treating people like they were subjects and, and chattel. And, and so I, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to move home to Arizona, where both my wife and I are from, and I'm going to run for sheriff, and I'm going to run the office in a constitutional manner. And uh, so in 1988, I moved home to Arizona. Uh, and just so in case you or any of the listeners are wondering, well, how is it that you were a cop for 11 years in Utah and you never owned a gun? Well, the, the department issued the guns. Right. And so that that the gun that I wore on duty uh, was the only gun I ever owned. And I didn't own it. Uh, when I quit there, I had to give it back. And so when I was elected sheriff, I bought me a, a Sig Sauer 9mm semi-automatic pistol, and I loved it. It was a great gun. And uh, and then after that, I decided that every time they passed some more gun control laws, I'd buy another gun. And so so now I have quite a few. But, uh, but uh, so I ran for sheriff, and I hadn't even lived here. I hadn't even lived in Arizona for 12 years. Uh, and I'd never been a cop in Arizona or in my hometown. I moved back into town and said, make me your head law enforcement officer. Uh, and I really worked hard and had a lot of good people get behind me, and I won. And then in 1992, I was reelected. And then in 1993, there started to be some historical changes uh, in America and in my life. And that was the November of 1993. Bill Clinton signed the Brady Bill into law. And, of course, he never told us the truth. I know that's going to shock everybody. But Congress and everybody that had something to do with promulgating this stupid law uh, never told the truth that it was going to commandeer the office of sheriffs nationwide to comply with a new gun control scheme known as the Brady Bill. And uh, this actually attempted to force us by threat of arrest, if we didn't comply with this mandate and pay for it all ourselves, that we would be subject to a year in jail or a $10,000 fine or both. And I I just, I still, to this day, Scott, I can't believe that there weren't literally hundreds of sheriffs who filed a lawsuit against this or did something to stop it. Well, let's be, I think one of the major reasons is it because it, how it's done, No, nothing is, uh, is usually ever done like a, a face-to-face, flat-out, uh, kind of thing. It's always snuck in the back door and attached, or it's uh, something that eats away at the foundation. It's never like a head-on attack, and right. and so many people don't take the time like you did to look at it and see what it really means. Right. So um, the BATF showed up at a meeting with us in in the sheriffs in Arizona in Phoenix, and they had us a document that detailed supposedly what we had to do to comply with the Brady Bill. And the sheriffs were just enraged. I mean, you would not believe all the cussing. And they were ticked. And as the discussion carried on, the, the, the cussing waned, the emotions waned, everybody calmed down, and then the president of the association said, okay, I want each of you sheriffs to say what you want to do about the Brady Bill. Well, each sheriff 
acquiesced. They all said, well, you can't fight City Hall. There's nothing we can do about this. We'll just have to go along as best we can. There's nothing we can do about it. And and I said, are you guys kidding me? You're sitting here. You totally convinced me that this was um, an, an aberration, an absolute abomination. That's the word, abomination, that we can't do this, that we shouldn't do this. The federal government can't tell us what to do. And now you're all saying there's nothing we can do about it. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go along. Now, I had no idea what I was going to do about it. So I had a I had a three-hour drive home, and I just decided while I was on that drive home that I was going to sue my own government to get out from underneath this. And um, so I was the first sheriff in the United States to file a lawsuit against the federal government, and I think it's probably in the history of our country where uh, a sheriff actually sues the federal government, takes a case all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and wins. And six other sheriffs from across the country joined the lawsuit. Sheriff Prince from Montana and myself ended up at the Supreme Court in December of 1996. And then uh, on June 27, 1997, the United States Supreme Court ruled in a 5-4 split decision that the Brady Bill was indeed unconstitutional. And I'm going to tell you something here that this did. We found out that the Brady Bunch gang and the gun uh, Handgun Control Incorporated and, and Sarah Brady and her group actually had five Brady Bills scheduled for our gun control enjoyment. And in fact, Howard Mentenbaum introduced Brady Bill number two in the uh, United States Senate just two weeks after I filed my lawsuit. Well, it never got out of committee, and because of our lawsuit, we killed Brady Bills 2, 3, 4, and 5. And uh, because the, the senators and and Congress in general just didn't feel like passing more Brady Bills when there were seven sheriffs suing on the first one. Right. And so, and so I want everybody to know we won this lawsuit. This was a national lawsuit. There were sheriffs from... There was one sheriff from Arizona, one from Montana, one from Texas, one from Mississippi, one from Louisiana, and one from Vermont. And uh, then there was kind of one from New Mexico. I don't think he's ever really made it to court, but anyway, he tried. So anyway, about seven sheriffs. And this was all done on the issue of the Tenth Amendment, states' rights. And I said on a lot of TV shows and others that I did and radio shows that the federal government has no authority to tell me what to do. And indeed, the United States Supreme Court agreed with that, but they went much, they went much further on that issue than I ever imagined. And I'm telling you and everybody else in this country that our, our lawsuit, the ruling from the Supreme Court, proves that the states do not have to do Obamacare. And that we, this is a direct quote, we have held that the states cannot be compelled to ad, uh, enforce or administer a federal regulatory program, period, end quote. And so if we can't be compelled to administer a federal regulatory program, how is it that they intend to implement or enforce uh, Obamacare? Because they're so, counting, they're 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 betting on the apathy and ignorance yes. of the American people. Yeah, especially the state legislatures. 
And so uh, county commissioners, the same thing. Uh, this whole lawsuit uh, really just basically says one thing, that the federal government is not our boss. They can't tell us what to do. But they can offer all these grants and money schemes that entice us into surrendering state sovereignty and surrendering local autonomy so that we can get the federal money. That's really what has taken the place of state sovereignty, the Tenth Amendment, and our Constitution. It has all been replaced with a corrupt money game and scheme that the states have gone along with far too long. And Scalia actually gives the solution to what's going on in our country today when in the decision he said that to maintain that a healthy balance of power is one of the Constitution's structural protections of liberty. And that if we maintain that balance of power between the states and the federal government, that we will reduce the risk of tyranny from either front. And, so, and we are definitely in an unhealthy state right now. Well, uh, that's the question. Let me ask everybody in this country. I'll ask even the most liberal uh, pundits across the country or, or the most leftist Democrat or the most ignorant Republican or the biggest rhino. Even those people will not be able to straight face answer this question and say, oh, yes, we have that healthy balance of power today. Do we have a healthy balance of power between the states and the federal government today? Well, nobody could answer that yes. Everybody knows that the federal government has usurped and stolen so much power that the Constitution isn't even recognizable anymore. And it's all been from this ridiculous apathy, as you mentioned, and the acquiescence of the states to allow the federal government to do things that aren't prescribed within the Constitution. And exactly. The, I think one of the, the one of the biggest things, and I know that there was, I know that it happens almost every day, but one of the biggest things that I was completely shocked at uh, was McCain-Feingold. You know the uh, the the freedom of speech. The, uh, the, oh, no kidding. The original yeah, intent was to protect. It wasn't to protect uh, people's ability to uh, to to have pictures of uh, of Christ dipped in urine or anything like that. It was um, uh, essentially uh, intended to protect people from being arrested for making political uh, statements about folks that were in office because people right, used exactly. to get arrested for that. So what do we do? They pass a uh, uh, a law saying that you cannot talk about the politicians, uh, and I, I would just I'm completely amazed at that that how that can how that can fly. Yeah, and uh, the Supreme Court actually ruled that it was okay, and and President Bush actually signed that ridiculous law into law, and he said, I don't think it's constitutional, but we'll let the courts decide it. I mean. How absurd can you get? What a wimp. If you uh, think, yeah, it's I don't think it's unconstitutional, then don't sign it. Yeah. Right. Well, he said and, that. And, and it's, it's on, and, it on anyway. and on. And people don't realize how uh, every aspect of their lives is being encroached on and how the federal government uses, uh, uses the different, uh, not powers that they have, but powers that they have made for themselves, such as the, uh, uh, the Commerce Clause. How they've used that right. to 
to cover every single aspect of our lives. They can stretch that and bend it around any subject so that they are allowed to, or they're allowing themselves or mandating themselves the ability to govern every aspect uh, of our lives. Well, they do, and you see that's that's where you can really tell that we've we've strayed from the Constitution because every aspect, every facet of our lives is being mandated from Washington D.C. We have FDA now going after Amish farmers who simply share with other customers and other people and other citizens what cows produce naturally. And seriously, we are now forming the food police, the raw milk and raw cheese police, and if you don't burn your milk, then the FDA and other state agencies are going to come and arrest you. And eggs. Eggs, everything, grain, every single thing now is, uh, there is some uh, alphabet acronym agency uh, that has been given power uh, to rule over that uh, specific item, and and the only country in the in the world, uh, well maybe maybe besides Switzerland and others, but but that specifically states within our constitution, within the Bill of Rights, that says all citizens will have the right to keep and bear arms, and that in and of itself is also a check and balance on government and. Now, we actually in this country have done so and are still doing so that if you don't have a permission slip from government or a permit from uh, local government or federal government to to keep and bear arms, if you have a gun without asking permission, you'll go to jail for that. And um, that's one thing I'm grateful that Arizona has done. They now have constitutional carry. Isn't that ridiculous that we actually tell people you can have constitutional carry or we can vote constitutional carry out? And Texas does not have constitutional carry. No. And, no, I can't believe that. What are we thinking? And and so, uh, yeah, I am. I have had it with government so much. And, and right now we have Texans in the legislature and in the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C., Texans, people who actually claim to be a Texan, actually support bailouts and $15.5 trillion debt that are completely destroying our economy and our Constitution, and they think it's okay to have an IRS that goes after people and puts people in prison because they make a mistake on their IRS forms or they don't monitor themselves properly, or they didn't report something, and we conduct random audits, which are completely and entirely unconstitutional, and we have TARP and the FDA and the EPA and and all these other alphabet soup bureaucracies that run our lives, just as you were mentioning, and our congressmen and our senators and our president uh, continue to allow this and perpetuate the problem, and I'm telling you right now, To answer your question at the beginning of this interview, I have decided I have had enough. Uh, That's the reason I sued Clinton on the Brady Bill. And this is why I've started the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officer Association. And I would like everybody listening to this program, go to, what is it, County Sheriff Project, countysheriffproject.org. 
and you can that'll also hook you up to the CSPOA.org. But I think it's easier to remember CountySheriffProject.org. We are actually now scheduling for January 30th, 2012, a nationwide uh, gathering of sheriffs in Las Vegas for our first and annual Constitutional Sheriff uh, Convention so that we have somebody in every county that is erecting the barriers, as James Madison warned us to do, that we would be that we will have sheriffs interposing themselves on our behalf to make sure that any government, but especially the federal government, is not victimizing the people. And if the sheriff has to, he will put them in their place and uh, let them know that there will not be any gun confiscation in his county, that there will be no more abuses of government, there will be no more confiscation of property, there will be no more random audits. Because we could no longer count on the federal government to protect us, to uphold the Constitution, and to stay off our backs and to stay out of our lives. So how do we, how do we uh, protect our citizens, and how do we make sure there is no gun control in America? One sheriff at a time. I hope we get county commissioners and judges and county attorneys, but the bottom line is your sheriff is the one who swore in God's name to uphold and defend the Constitution, and he or she is ultimately the one to decide what is and what is not enforced in your county. He has the power to call out posse. He has the power to deputize whoever he wants, and he is the ultimate protector of the people. And that's why, because of my experience as a cop and especially the eight years I served as a sheriff in Arizona and a lawsuit that I won at the U.S. Supreme Court, I know this is, is proper. I know this is constitutional. I know the sheriff has this duty and responsibility. I know he can do it, and I know we can be successful. And what we're seeing right now are uh, emails and Internet information going viral about sheriffs who are doing this very thing. And we need to strike while the iron is hot. We have momentum behind a lot of sheriffs. Uh, and I'd really like everybody to look at on CSPOA.org. That stands for Constitutional Sheriff Peace Officer Association org CSPOA you can you can like I say link to both CountySheriffProject.org or CSPOA.org but on CSPOA.org you can actually see the directors and the 15 sheriffs that we have as board of directors on the Constitutional Sheriff Movement this is real this is not pie in the sky and this is something that all of us need to get involved with. We need funding for this great event. And if everyone will get involved and help us out with this, we've got to raise the money. It's going to cost about $1,000 per sheriff. We intend to have about 150 to 200 sheriffs in attendance at this historical and freedom-enhancing convention. And we're going to train constitutional sheriffs. They're going to train each other. We're going to have other sheriffs who have been standing against the federal government be the ones that are doing the training, and we hope to establish a new declaration that these sheriffs will send to Washington, D.C. and all the bureaucracies there and to Congress and to the President and to the Justice Department and say, look, we're not going to put up with a few things anymore, and this is what it is. Never come into our county thinking that you're going to confiscate guns or initiate martial law 
or confiscate property without due process or come in our counties and do anything without first checking with us. How does that That's sound? absolutely fantastic. Let me take make sure that the folks understand the uh, the website that uh, Sheriff Mack is directing you to is www.cspoa.org, and uh, and that is the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, <clears throat> and uh, they're getting ready to have the uh, the meeting in Las Vegas. Is that right? Yes. Okay, Las Vegas, and uh, they already have. Let me. Uh, let me just uh, let you guys know there are sheriffs already on the board from California, Colorado, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, uh, Maine, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Nevada, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Texas. And uh, and this is extremely important. For all you folks that are wondering uh, what you can do uh, to help ensure that the, the rights and freedoms that living this nation affords you, that they're maintained. This is one of the absolute best ways you can do it. How better than to get to the county sheriff in the county where you live uh, on board with this, so that the county sheriff is uh, is actually taking and and maintaining his rights as the highest law enforcement uh, officer in the county, and uh, and letting them know what their rights are, so that they can help maintain and protect and. Uh, preserve your rights, and and these are these are very important officials. You may think that the county sheriff is just uh, another uh, another peace officer in your state, but that's not the case. Uh, sheriff Mack, can you talk to the folks uh, a bit about the the sheriff's place in the state according to the Constitution? Well, sure. Um, there is a big difference, and and uh, we do have a chief of police uh, of, that's on our national board of directors, and I'm really gr- grateful to have him. His name's uh, Robert Douglas from uh, Chiefland, Florida. But I told him, and I'll tell any other chief of police, there is a big difference between a chief of police and a sheriff. The sheriff of your county is the only elected law enforcement officer. He's the only elected law enforcement officer anywhere in this country which means he he reports directly to the power source. The source of all power in this country is we, the people. The uh, chief of police is a bureaucrat. He answers to the town manager or to the, to the county judge or to the uh, board of supervisors or county commissioners um, he, he, or the city council. He uh, is not independent and... Uh, he doesn't answer directly to the voters or the taxpayers or to the citizens. And so, therefore, the sheriff wields his constitutional power as directed by the people and who vote him into office every four years. And he then, for, therefore, uh, promises the people that he will uphold and defend their constitution. That oath of office is required in Article 6 of the Constitution. The founding fathers put that requirement in the Constitution itself. And it's another check and balance. The entire Constitution is a check and balance system. The sheriff is the ultimate check and balance in your county. He is the one that might see somebody being abused by, let's say, for instance, uh, the IRS or FDA, 
and he sees that something's going on wrong and that people are losing their business and their right to uh, the pursuit of happiness that is guaranteed in the Declaration of Independence. And he says, hey, look, uh, I'm not going to have you guys coming in here and uh, taking cattle, destroying milk, uh, because just because they don't uh, uh, pasteurize their milk. Now, there's a way to get around this and say, look, the sheriff just needs to go post a sign in front of this Amish farm uh, and say, look, the uh, products sold herein are not pasteurized. Uh, purchase and use at your own risk. Therefore, that puts it all back onto them. That's Isn't that what it says on a package of cigarettes, basically? Exactly. If we can, have, if we can allow people to smoke, which kills hundreds of thousands of people every year, and we have had no reports of raw milk hurting anyone in the last 10, 15, maybe even 50 years, and yet they want to arrest people for simply purchasing or using or dealing in raw milk. It's or so selling absurd. It, if, if you don't have eggs and it's uh, listed Correct. as uh, FDA approved, then uh, that's supposed to be against the federal laws now. Right, and some state laws too. Some states are getting pretty ridiculous on this too. And let me tell you what I did. About four weeks ago, I was the guest speaker at the Kentucky Sheriff's Association banquet in Louisville. And I decided that I was going to kind of pull a Rosa Parks event uh, or stunt. And I got a hold of some Amish farmers who I knew in other states, and I said, do you know anybody near Louisville, a farmer who deals in raw milk? They said, yes, we do. And I said, would you make sure that they bring me some raw milk to the hotel where I'm going to be staying so that I can drink raw milk in front of all those sheriffs? And there's 110 sheriffs in Kentucky, maybe more. And they were all in attendance. And I got up to give my speech. And about five minutes into the speech, I drank a glass of raw milk. It wasn't regular milk. It was raw, illegal milk. <laughs> and and I challenged them. I said, you know what? Every one of you, especially the sheriff here in Louisville, actually could arrest me. And I said, but I did this so I could show you that sheriffs who really know and understand their oath of office are not going to arrest me for doing such an innocuous thing as drinking raw milk. It shouldn't be against the law. It's the enforcement of stupid laws, which I compare in all my presentations to Rosa Parks' refusal to get to the back of the bus. Now we should have sheriffs and, and cops and county attorneys and anyone else that's in government standing and making sure that none of us are arrested for such idiotic and stupid laws as we have today on the books and... I'll go so far as to say that every sheriff should make sure that the citizens of his county are protected from the enforcement of stupid laws, whether it's local, state, or federal. Well, speaking about that, uh, I'm sure that you're familiar with uh, the concept of nullification. Well, yeah, let me, let me just say something real quickly there. Um, I believe in jury nullification. I believe in state nullification. That's nothing that you and I made up. That's something that Madison and Jefferson talked about way long time ago. Exactly. So, uh, and I also believe in sheriff nullification. 
And this is a key component of state sovereignty that local officials know and understand that they have the right and the duty to interpose on our behalf, and that's all state nullification is. Exactly. And and there are many, many ways that this can be done. And uh, I encourage everybody to look at this. Look at the Tenth Amendment Foundation. Uh, read up on jury nullification and state nullification, because this isn't uh, this isn't something that is uh, uh, trivial. Uh, it's been used before. It was it was used in the very first days by the founders, and it's yeah. been talked about for 200 years. Now I know that it scares the complete uh, it scares the clothes off the off the federal government, but it's, well, it should. It, yes, and it and it we're at that place where we have to start looking at this. We we have to start considering this. Well, we do, and and I'm going to tell you right now, Scout. It's the only solution we have left. We're not going to get freedom back from the tyrants of Washington D.C. Uh, Washington, D.C. has proven over and over that there is no hope for freedom there. That in world history, it has never happened once where the tyrant actually turns from his ways and stops his own tyranny. No, so and the, we, one of the only times so, that uh, that anybody with any amount of power has ever willingly given it up is uh, George right. Washington. Everybody was sure that he was just going to say, all right, I'm the boss now, and he didn't. And right. uh, all the countries in Europe, everybody was actually uh, uh, completely amazed because he could have. He could have done it, yeah. but he didn't. But nobody else ever does that. No no government ever tries to make itself smaller. So Right. And so how do we, how do we get this balance of power back, and how do we protect people from the abusive, tyrannical government of Washington, D.C.? Well, you start with your sheriffs, and you start county by county, sheriff by sheriff, local officials, city councils, even school boards, local teachers, local cops, and citizens working together to make sure that we have the courage to interpose on behalf of the people. And we have like Sheriff Glenn Palmer in Grant County, Oregon, who has told the U.S. Forest Service to leave his citizens alone. And he even canceled an intergovernmental agreement with them. And he wrote the, the head of the U.S. Forest Service in Oregon a letter and said, look, I don't see anywhere in the Constitution where you have authority to be doing the things you say you're going to be doing here. Uh, I've tried to work with you. It's obvious that you can't be worked with, so I'm discontinuing our relationship. And then... Uh, they they invited me to come out and speak at a big rally. About 500 of his citizens came out, and one what I really noticed that just floored me. I looked I looked at the local newspaper, and Sheriff Palmer showed it to me. The local citizens took out a full page ad in the local newspaper, and listed all their names of the people who support their good constitutional sheriff. 600 people with the headline saying. We support our sheriff, Sheriff Glenn Palmer, for supporting our constitutions. And that is the solution, getting the people to stand with their sheriff and the sheriff standing for the people, keeping his oath, being an oath keeper, and knowing and understanding the constitution to the extent of implementing it and enforcing it within his county 
and having the courage to keep his word when he took his oath of office. Right, because so many don't. So many look the other way. Like you were talking about there with your the group of folks there in Arizona who said, oh, man, that, you know, we're going to have to go along with this because we don't see any other way except for you. And because of that, there was a huge change in our national policy. So everybody always thinks that the government is a, uh, a huge, unmanageable beast, and it's becoming that way. But it's still at this point something that you can get a rope around its neck and you can, you can pull it in one direction or the other and eventually get control over it. But you're not going to do it without getting involved. You have to get involved. And one of the ways that I tell folks is just like you said a few minutes ago. When you look at the government and you look at trying to make a change, don't try and, and look at the whole big beast as one thing because that's going to be very disconcerting to you. The best thing to do if you want to make a change is you look down at your feet and you start right there and you start working your way out from there. You start getting the local folks uh, into the uh, the political machine. You start feeding them in from locally and making sure that they're on the on the track that you want, the school boards, the uh, county uh, folks, your state legislatures, make sure that those folks uh, that you can have an immediate impact on are the ones that uh, that you're working on because politics is always local. It's always local. No matter how national it becomes, right. it's always local. It can always be affected locally, uh, which right. is exactly what you're trying to do with the county sheriffs. Well, and, and let me add right there. I think that's another good time to make an appeal. You said look down at your feet. I'm telling everybody, look down at your hands. That's where the answer is. It's you getting involved. And what did the founding fathers do? When they devised the Declaration of Independence, at the end, what did they say to each other? They said, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And they did that to perpetuate the holy cause of liberty. We have to do the same today. Preserving and standing for liberty is just as important today as it was in 1776, my dear friends. And do any of us think that we can accomplish this without financial support? And to have this most historical solution, freedom-enhancing, freedom-protecting convention that we're having, if you don't want your sheriff to attend, don't get involved. But if you want your sheriff to attend, and if you want the sheriff's to stand for you, to protect you. If you want somebody who's an advocate for freedom in your county, somebody who will stand for the little guy against Big Brother government, then let's make sure that you're helping us. Help us fund this event. We're not getting PAC money. We're not getting CEO money from Wall Street. We're getting this from John Q. Citizen, the people. And look down at your hands. Your hands has the answer. We're not asking for your fortune. We're asking each of you to do what you can. Go to county project, county sheriff project org or cspoa.org. Make a donation today. You know that we've had several people that have donated a dollar. We had some people that sent us a silver dollar. They said, hey, I don't have any FRN. I don't have any cash, but I'll send you a silver dollar. Great. Just do yeah, it. And with the, with the folks that are listening tonight, if you guys, just the folks that are listening right now, not in the archives or anything, but just the folks that are listening tonight, 
If you send, if every one of you guys sent ten dollars, we could send ten sheriffs to this uh, to this meeting. Convention. And let me ask you yeah. another question. You, you you say here on the and and this is your website, uh, sheriffmac one word dot com. Uh, yeah. That you're bringing together a select group of constitutional sheriffs. Now, what if uh, what if I wanted my sheriff to go and I and I went and talked to him and I said, look, I, can, I want you to go to this thing. Can he go? Yeah, you let me know what he says. If he says yes, um, we'll we'll put it up there. We'll put him on. We'll put him on the list. Absolutely. You, you everybody can do that. Everybody can go ask your sheriff. Say, hey, we heard about this. We want you to go, and we'll get it all funded. We'll, uh, so we'll get we the money want... together. We'll send you. Correct. And uh, and then get in you touch with the, you now, and, and get them uh, listed. There, there's a method to my madness with this. Because you don't want to give him an excuse to say, I can't afford it, it's not in our budget, it's right. not in the travel budget, the county commissioners won't let me go, uh, they won't fund this, blah, blah, blah. We want to do this to where the only thing the sheriff has to do is say yes and then get on the plane or get in his car. If he's close enough to drive, we'll pay for his gas. But we're paying for his hotel, we're paying for his food while he's there. We're going to fund this and make it to where he has no excuse not to go. So if you go to your sheriff and say, hey, we want you there, uh, he won't have any excuse. We'll get him invited. Okay, great. All right, you guys heard this. And uh, and each and every one of you guys, uh, the, the folks that are listening to tonight, you're not, uh, you're not average folks. You guys are uh, Appleseed Project volunteers. And because of that, that puts you way ahead of uh, of a huge percentage of the rest of American citizens. So please talk to your county sheriffs and see if you can get them convinced to go. If you can't, or uh, uh, at the very least, go to cspoa.org and uh, and donate ten dollars, twenty dollars, how much you can afford to make sure that uh, that the cost of this is covered, so that we can begin building this group of folks that are. They're actually going to take the responsibility uh, on the front lines of safeguarding and protecting and maintaining the rights and freedoms uh, that you enjoy by being a citizen of the United States. Now, let me say one other thing about that. If you don't want to, if you don't want to use our credit card, PayPal account on the internet, you can send anything you want—a personal check, a money order, cash piece of silver, a piece of gold, whatever you want, whatever you can do, uh, just send that to CSPOA, and that's, that's again, Constitutional Sheriff Peace Officer Association, CSPOA, and then the address is 112 Ridgewood Drive, and that's spelled just like it sounds, Ridgewood, W-O-O-D, one word, that's 112 Ridgewood Drive, Fredericksburg, Texas. And if you want to, if you want to abbreviate Fredericksburg, just put FRBG. FRBG, Fredericksburg, Texas, seven eight six two four. Seven eight six two four. Okay, I'm loading up a, a two thousand pound Angus bull to send to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to eat some of that, I guarantee you. (laughs) You guys can 
can help out just uh, from the comfort of your own home, sitting there in pajamas. You can help maintain your freedoms and liberties by going to cspoa.org and uh, and giving what you can. Uh, just like you said, if it's a dollar, it's a dollar. When when a whole group of people get together, and uh, if a thousand people send one dollar, then there you go. There's one uh, sheriff on the way right there. So don't don't think that just because you can't give a large amount that you can't do anything. All right. Everybody can reach in their pocket and they can grab uh, whatever is left in there and uh, put it in an envelope and send it. Or you can uh, grab your uh, credit card and uh, pop in a quick five bucks or ten bucks because every bit matters. And this is a way for you to get involved and a way for you to help fund this. And the ideas that uh, that they are presenting uh, at this conference are extremely important. If you want somebody, if you want the highest law enforcement official in your county protecting you, not just uh, from the uh, from the bad guys that you think you know, uh, you know, with the uh, wearing all black with the black skull caps. You know, there's plenty of bad guys wearing suits and ties. So make sure that uh, make sure that this information is getting to as many uh, of the sheriffs as possible. That's right. Well, thank you for that. I, I do appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to have to skedaddle here pretty quick. But I do want to remind everybody, this is your country. This is your cause. This is your opportunity uh, to get involved. And everybody listening, do exactly what Scout said. Do something. Don't sit by and say, well, you know, uh, it won't matter. It does matter. And you can make a difference. You know, there was a small town sheriff in Arizona that decided to sue the federal government all by himself. And luckily, I had other sheriffs join with me on this great holy cause. And never underestimate the power of one. Uh, and so, uh, again, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to this holy cause. And uh, I have sworn that. I am swearing it to each of you now. And uh, if we if we do this together, we're going to win. We're going to take America back. And if we get the sheriffs on board, Wow. This is going to keep this movement for freedom peaceful and effective. And, man, isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we're all about? So, again, I thank you for letting me be on your show tonight. I thank everybody for your dedication to this holy cause, and uh, I look forward to seeing a lot of you and a lot of your sheriffs in Las Vegas on January 30th, 2012. All right. Well, thank you so much for for uh carving out this bit of time for us because I know that you're that you're book solid and you're constantly on the move and we certainly appreciate uh the amount of effort that you put you are putting in uh to help make sure that the rights the freedoms and liberties that are afforded to us by living in this nation uh, are not eroded and that they're maintained and that they're safeguarded so thank you very much sheriff Mack and uh, once again you can find out more about this by going to SheriffMac.com, and you can find out about the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association by going to CSPOA.org. And where can folks, uh, where are folks uh, expected to see you out in public again soon, Sheriff Mac? Oh gosh, I've got uh, Utah on Tuesday, um, and then after that, I, I'm going to take off Thanksgiving and spend with my kids and grandkids, and then. It's about a week-long uh, tour in um, Florida. So uh, we'll have all that posted on my website at sheriffmac.com. 
All right. Well, thank you once again, and uh, God right. bless you and and your your family, and and keep doing what you're doing. Sure will. Thanks a lot. See you soon, Scott. Thank you. Good night. <clears throat> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I don't think that a lot of folks understand how important that this uh, that this endeavor is. How important that the county sheriff is in your county. Uh, they're the highest uh, law enforcement officer uh, in the county, and what they say goes. And and if there are uh, 200 sheriffs, 200 counties in your state, and there's 200 sheriffs, and they get together and they say this is the way it's going to be, then that's the way it's going to be. And uh, and this is one of the most effective ways that we can begin to get some control over this beast uh, that is currently out of control. And uh, and we certainly hope that that you guys are going to to get involved that you go to cspoa.org and you read what they have there. Lord, look at the uh the videos that are explaining it. And you can also go to the uh, uh you can go to YouTube and you can look for constitutional sheriffs and uh, watch some of the videos there. You can go to sheriffmac.com and uh, and read from his website uh, about the the importance of this project, about the importance. And and I'm telling you, uh, this is uh, this is one guy, all right, one guy who fought the government. Uh, who kept uh, a whole load, uh, a whole landslide of Brady bills from coming in one after the other, and he fought them and he won. And uh, that is the exact, that's the exact type of person that we need out there in front of us, uh, making sure that, uh, making sure that that folks are alerted, that folks are informed about the importance, of, not just of the county sheriffs, but about the Constitution uh, as a whole, about the, the rights and freedoms that are guaranteed in it, and making sure that that this isn't forgotten, that things that is not going to continue to wash over us in a wave. <clears throat> Sheriff Mack, and he's not the only one out there. There's uh, quite a few folks that are out there speaking about the same thing and we've got to make sure that we're supporting these folks and you have to make sure that you're doing what you can to support Sheriff Mack and uh, the rest of the folks that you decide uh, are that are your candidates for helping to defend your rights and your freedoms and then making sure that you yourself are doing the same thing that you yourself are contacting your representatives and letting them know your uh, letting them know your needs and your wishes, making sure that they understand uh, that that you are not uh, a servant to the government. That the senators and the congressmen they are your elected officials to serve you. You're not uh, you're not some serf who goes to your senator, your congressman, on bended knee and begs a boon of them, they are your 
servants. They're there to serve you, to do your will. We've gotten so far from that now. We've gotten so far from that concept. Our senators, our congressmen, all of the our elected representatives, they it's at the point now where they're simply doing what they want to do. And a majority of the time, it's not the best thing. It's uh, it's whatever either uh, gets them uh, gets them favor, where they can curry favor, or gets them money donated, or uh, or they have some personal interest in, uh, not serving your interest. And the only way you're going to know for sure if this is happening or not is by paying attention to what's going on. You have to become involved. You have to make sure that you are paying attention to what your state senators are doing, uh, what your state representatives are doing, uh, what your local officials are doing. You have to get involved. I'm not telling you that you have to become a constitutional scholar. I'm just saying that you have to pay attention and you have to you have to understand what's going on. When they are, when it's time to uh, uh, to have elections, or if it's time to vote uh, on different projects in your county or your state or nationally, you have to go out there and you have to vote. You have to to find out what issues are being decided on. You have to look at them. You have to read about them, and then you have to go and cast your vote. You can't just go and pull a party ticket. You can't just go and and certainly you can't just go and 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 there are issues uh, on election day that you know nothing about and just say all right I don't know any mini money mo okay and you push you have to look at them beforehand and read about them learn about them and then uh, vote uh, intelligently this is extremely important the last uh, the last well, the last many years of elections in the United States uh, have been very low turnout. That means you have a small portion of the people deciding what's good for the rest of the people, a small portion of the people. We had an election here uh, recently uh, in our county, and I believe there were only 5% of the voters who turned out, 5% of the folks in the county were determining what was good for the other 95% that you can't let that go on. You can't let that go on. This has to be uh, a responsibility that each and every one of you are shouldering, that each and every one of you are taking upon yourself so that uh, so that you are participating in government. <clears throat> All right, we've... Uh, we had a uh, a caller. Uh, well, we had several callers earlier that uh, wanted to ask Sheriff Matt questions, and I guess they got bumped or they uh, they dropped off uh, the line. And then, if you'd like to uh, call in and ask any questions, or if you'd like to call in and uh, make any comments or discuss uh, the uh, information that Sheriff Mack put out, uh, please feel free to do so. The <clears throat> number to call in is three four seven. Three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven 
We'll be glad to take your calls. Also, if you'd like to, uh, since we didn't do it at the beginning of the show like we usually do, if you'd like to call in and uh, give somebody thanks in your local crews for the achievements that they've uh, recently accomplished, somebody shot the rifle and standards, uh, somebody got their uh, instructor's hat, got an orange hat, somebody uh, took a, their PC and got promoted to the next level or they made full instructor or they shoot boss their first event or your state coordinator is doing a great job, any of the folks that you'd like to call in and uh, give them thanks, tell them how much you appreciate them. And that's one of the things that uh, we're always willing to do here on the show, 347-308-8790. All right. uh, I talked to uh, Fred about, uh, I'm sure if you guys were listening last week, you heard uh, Jimmy from New Mexico talking about sending a – sending out packages to soldiers in Afghanistan. And uh, we got to go ahead from Fred to ship him uh, 2,500 uh, AQTs and 2,500 uh, redcoats and 2,500 trifles. So Jimmy will be uh, will be sending those out to you very soon so you can get those in your packages. And uh, I'd like to make sure that you uh, – that you – if you can – print up a little note to put in there asking them to uh, to take pictures of themselves shooting the AQTs. And, uh, and of course, if they shoot the AQT uh, and they shoot the rifleman standards, and all they have to have is uh, just somebody to witness them doing it, and they shoot it to rifleman standards according to the directions on the AQT, then uh, have them send that in, and we'll send them out a rifleman patch, and uh, they'll be certified as a rifleman. So if you could send that note out there with the with the supplies, that would be absolutely great. And uh, we want to thank Jimmy and his group for doing this. And I don't remember if they had a if they had a name, a uh, specific name. I'm sure they did, but uh, we want to thank them for doing that because they're sending out uh, care packages to the soldiers in Afghanistan, approximately 2,500 of them, and uh, I believe that. Uh, Smith & Wesson made a specific run of knives for this that they're also going to include in there. So this is a really nice uh, package, and we're going to have the AQTs and the Redcoats and the uh, Trifold in there with it. So so you'll be getting those uh, as soon as we can have them shipped out, Jimmy. And thanks again for uh, for you guys taking the time to do this and also, let me say that uh, Jimmy also has the uh, the long-term food program, and I believe it's uh, – I'll have to ask the my uh, co-host to make sure that he puts that information into the chat room. Uh, I believe it's Desert Farms. <clears throat> but if you look for Desert Farms in uh, New Mexico, then that is the, uh, the long-term food program company that uh, that he's running. If you need some long-term food for your uh, prepping considerations, then uh, please uh, go through one of our Appleseed uh, brothers for that to get that. And if you'd like to call in to congratulate any of the folks or to speak about uh, what uh, Sheriff Mack just talked about, then we'd be glad to uh, we'd be glad to take your calls at 347 308 
And uh, I want to tell the folks in uh, Texas, the instructors in Texas, that uh, that we're having a uh, instructors invited shoot on December third, and this is uh, uh, for the instructors to take a uh, the level one handgun course from Battle Road. And that's uh, here in Central Texas, and uh, we're going to be doing this. Uh, we're doing this as a courtesy to the Texas instructors, or of course any instructors, any of the instructors that would like to take it anywhere in the nation, of course. But uh, any of the instructors that would like to take this course, we're going to offer it uh, in December for the Texas instructors, and uh, I believe it's just a hundred bucks for the uh, for the eight-hour course. Uh, which is pretty much of a bargain. We just got through running the level one and level two courses this last weekend here at Battle Road, and I'm telling you, it was it was absolutely uh, an excellent course. Sometimes <clears throat> I've been to to several uh, to several different courses, and sometimes uh, when you think about a level one or level two handgun course, you think it you the think it's a it's going to be the basics and boring with uh, uh like a baby class and and as instructors you're always trying to figure out how are you going to make this an uh, this an interesting course while still giving them all of the uh needed instruction and uh, and make it interesting and uh, this was this was a fantastic course uh, uh mark did a great job and uh, and the course was very fast. It was it was very interesting course, and every single person there improved tremendously. <clears throat> and we had a couple of folks that uh, were uh, first timers. And at the beginning of the course, I was looking at them, thinking, "Oh man, this is going to be this is going to be rough getting them uh, up to speed." And yeah, by the end of the day on Sunday, these guys were uh, were firing at uh, three to four rounds per second, drawing from concealed, firing three to four rounds per second, keeping all of the rounds in the central nervous system portion of the target. Uh, they were doing their uh, combat reloads. Uh, they were fixing stoppages. They were uh, moving in between shots and uh, firing at multiple targets, and they were doing an absolutely fantastic job. Now, there was a fairly high round count for the weekend. I believe we ran past 800 rounds, and uh, there were a lot of folks with uh, with blisters uh, from this, but they did an absolutely fantastic job. And um, my thanks to them for attending, and uh, my thanks to Mark for running such a for such a great course. So if any of you guys are uh, Appleseed instructors and you would like to come uh, take a level one handgun course, we're going to offer it uh, this one time for 100 bucks for any of the uh, Appleseed instructors. And uh, and uh, we'd love to have you. This will be December 3rd. <clears throat> make sure that, and don't worry, we'll bring some moleskin uh, to make sure that we can uh, we can keep you from getting slide blisters, etc. And you're going to learn a great deal. You're going to shoot a lot, and you're going to learn a great deal uh, about 
the uh, fundamentals of pistol marksmanship and uh, and pistol self defense. So, <clears throat> all right, three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. If you'd like to call in and discuss the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Uh, organization that uh, Sheriff Mack was talking about. If you would like more information on it, then uh, I encourage you to go to cspoa.org and read about uh, read about what the program is trying to do. And uh, also go to sheriffmack.com and read about Sheriff Mack. Maybe a lot of you guys haven't heard about him or haven't. Uh, uh haven't read anything about what he's trying to do. He's not a uh uh he's not a wild man rabble rouser. He's not uh a, a sheriff Joe Ohio. Uh he's simply uh a man committed to to his oath to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. He took it very seriously. He read the Constitution uh, you've got folks every day in America who are swearing an oath to defend the Constitution and yet have no idea what it says, have no idea what's inside the Constitution. And just like he was saying, we have example after example of our elected officials, the folks who are who are running this nation, who have no idea what the Constitution really says. I have to wonder at times if any of them have ever read it, because it doesn't appear so from the uh, from the laws that are being turned out in Washington. <clears throat> and I'm not talking just about uh, the current group of guys. I'm talking about all of the guys. I'm talking about all of the folks in Washington. Uh, nobody has a uh, uh has any uh, sole handle on doing the wrong thing all right it it appears that more and more uh, through ignorance uh, and i think the majority of it is just ignorance uh i don't believe that uh that there are really that many folks in washington who are uh, who are evil i think the majority are just completely ignorant and through their ignorance uh, they're doing things that are unconstitutional, and then they're trying to protect themselves uh, by doing more things that are unconstitutional to protect uh, the first thing that they did. <clears throat> so you're going to have to take your, the responsibility on yourself to make sure that you're watching your elected representatives and making sure that they that they are keeping. Uh, their selves within the confines of what is allowed by the Constitution. And then and on top of that, you're going to need to uh, to help support folks who have made it their sole mission to do this exact thing. That means that you'll need to go to uh, www.cspoa.org and help sponsor some of these county sheriffs so they can go on the front lines and 
and help do something to protect and maintain the rights, the liberties, the freedoms that we enjoy uh, by virtue of living in this nation. <clears throat> now, uh, you can do it yourself, certainly, but uh, if you can reach down in your pocket and you can find uh, five or ten bucks and send it to these guys that are going there specifically so that they can do this, it's no different than uh, it's no different than than the troops that are going to Afghanistan uh, to fight for all Americans right now. You can either, uh, and of course you don't have any, you don't have any say in in this because the government just comes and takes your money and uses it to pay for our troops in Afghanistan. But you can make a conscious decision now to uh, to donate to help send these county sheriffs uh, to participate in this conference so that they can be on the front lines helping to defend you and your families rights and freedoms. You can do that by going to cspoa.org and uh, and making a donation. Let me see if I can I can find it right here. There there's a button right there on the homepage that says donate. You can do that or you can uh, let's see. Or you can send it. It's got the address on there uh to cspoa 112 Ridgewood Drive, Fredericksburg, Texas, 78624. CSPOA, 112 Ridgewood Drive, Fredericksburg, Texas, 78622. All right? There's a way for you to, to make a contribution to help send somebody uh to the convention so that they can be on the front lines uh, watching out for your rights and your freedoms. And I think it's really important, this concept of of having your rights and freedoms protected locally, all right, because that is where uh, all politics are local, all right? All politics are local, and it's really important that – you are protected by somebody who's invested in protecting your interest that's local. It's nice to have a uh, a, a senator or a congressman in Washington, D.C. looking out for you. Uh, but as we know, uh, a good deal of the time, uh, your particular uh, rights and freedoms may fall through the cracks. Whereas with your local sheriff, he's right there. He's a phone call away. <clears throat> so I encourage you to to make sure that you're working on a local level, working toward uh, toward getting involved locally in politics, voting in all of the local elections, voting on all the local laws and uh, and bills and propositions to make sure that. The five percent who are uh, who are currently making policy uh, are not dictating what the other ninety-five percent do. To me, this is just such a, a horrible, such a, a terrible idea that we're allowing five uh, percent of the folks uh, in your county, 
your state uh, to dictate what the rest of you are going to do. I mean, uh, is there anybody here listening who thinks that's a good idea? That uh, you take a room full of, uh, you take 100 people, and five of the people step up and they say, okay, uh, us five guys are going to, we're going to decide how to spend your money, okay? And uh, the rest of the people aren't really listening, and they decide uh, that they're going to spend a big chunk of your money. And because you weren't listening, because you didn't uh, stand up and go, hey, hey, hold on just a minute. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Uh, it's too late because now they're going to do it. They did it. They voted, and they did it. <clears throat> you can't let that go on. You can't let that happen to you. You have to get involved. <clears throat> like I said earlier, you don't have to become a uh, a political scholar or a constitutional scholar, although, you know what, becoming a constitutional scholar is never a bad idea. Uh, it's this. We're not talking when when you're looking at the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. It's not uh, a 35-pound book. All right, I've got one in my wallet. I carry it wherever I go because a lot of times uh, people will tell me what the Constitution says, and uh, I'll say, "Are you sure that's what it says?" Absolutely. There is a separation between church and state. Absolutely. It's talking about uh, a militia. Only the, only the militias or the government is allowed to uh, uh, to keep and bear arms. Absolutely. Uh, and I've got the Constitution in my pocket. I'll say, okay, well, here, if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, would you just, just show me here, and this is a fairly small book, and I'll even point to the uh, – I'll, I'll turn it right to the Bill of Rights so you can show me. Show me here where it says that. So that I will, so that I will know. So I'll be informed like you, and uh, and I've never done that when it wasn't a uh, a completely uh, mind or outlook changing event for that person reading it. They go, oh, uh, I, I, I'd never read this before. I'd never read this before. I just always thought that that's what it said. I'd always heard that that's what it said, and that's how the majority. Uh, of Americans are living their lives. I thought that's what it said. Uh, I thought that's what it meant, uh, and and it's not. So, so I keep a copy of the Constitution uh, in my in my wallet, so that uh, I can get folks to to read me where what they what they are saying the Constitution says, where they can read me where it says whatever it is they're saying that it says. Now, you can get copies yourself by going to, uh, uh, let's see, I believe it's the Heritage Foundation. I believe that they'll send you uh, copies of the Constitution, I believe, for uh, a dollar a piece. And these are pocket-sized Constitutions. <clears throat> so if you... Uh, if you want to get uh, send them, I guess, to ten bucks, and they'll send you ten copies of the Constitution. You can keep uh, a couple for yourself, and make sure that uh, the people that uh, who it appears to you uh, don't understand what it says, or that uh, have made a mistake of what it says, uh, you can give them a copy. Uh, you can send your uh, senator, your congressman, a copy, and if there are parts that you're particularly interested in. Uh, you can bookmark it for them. You can uh, highlight it in yellow. 
You can put one of those little bookmark uh, tabs in there, put it in an envelope, and send it to your congressman or senator and say, this is what the Constitution says. Can you please show me how what you are doing fits in here and uh, see if they can uh, see how they can respond to that. Uh, so many times our representatives, our elected officials, are doing things uh, that are unconstitutional. And, and I know sometimes they know, but I think to a great, uh, a great deal of the times, I don't think that they understand that the things that they are doing uh, are unconstitutional or unlawful. I think that they just think since I'm a senator or I'm a congressman <clears throat> and I'm doing it, then, uh, then it must be right. And, and that's wrong. And if we keep letting that go on, we're going to be even in worse trouble than we are now, if that's possible. Uh, We have to do something about it. And uh, I encourage each and every one of you guys to to read the Constitution. If you don't order it from Heritage, you can find it anywhere online. You can find it at the library. Uh, You can get it just about anywhere. Get a copy of the Constitution and read it for yourself. Read the Bill of Rights. Read the Declaration of Independence. These aren't uh, these these none of these documents uh, are uh, are huge or long. Okay, you can uh, you can read the Constitution uh, several times in uh, oh in an hour or so. <clears throat> you can read so that you will understand what it means. Many of us don't uh, have never then read the Constitution of the United States or the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence. We know the first few lines of it. You know, that's all we were taught in schools. My daughters can do the uh, the first few lines of the uh, of the de- of the uh, Declaration of Independence, and uh, and that's as far as it usually goes. That's I think that's as far as a lot of times that our government wants us to know is just the first few lines, and we'll take care of the rest. Thank you very much. And the reason they can do that is because we let them. We let them do it either through apathy or through ignorance of the fact that uh, what they're doing is absolutely uh, constitutionally illegal. You know, we, we've talked about that uh, earlier with Sheriff Mack and yeah, he brought up several examples, and uh, I brought up several examples. <clears throat> I think one of the most glaring examples recently <clears throat> was the uh, McCain-Feingold Act, where you have uh, you have the government creating a law making free speech, political free speech, illegal. That's the very thing. That's the very right. That was supposed to be protected. the The freedom of speech in the Bill of Rights, when it's to, what it was talking about initially, was protection uh, from uh, from arrest for speaking about uh, political candidates that were either in office or were campaigning for office at the time. Before this right, before the uh, the current Constitution, 
if you were to say something bad about uh, about a judge or a magistrate in uh, colonial America, you could be arrested. They would throw you in jail. Uh, if you uh, if you didn't pay your bills, if you ran out of money, they would throw you in jail. <clears throat> That's exactly the right that is supposed to be protected by the Second Amendment. I mean, by the uh, First Amendment is the right to say something, the right to speak about uh, political candidates. And yet this bill made it through. How could that happen? Just like Sheriff Mack mentioned, you had uh, President Bush saying, I don't believe this is uh, legal, but I'm going to sign it anyway, and we'll see what the courts say. Why in the world would you do that? Why in the world would we allow that to happen? This is another uh, a shining example of the adage that all that is necessary uh, for evil to win is for good men to do nothing. That's all. That's all it takes. And it's guaranteed that, uh, that evil will win. Each and every one of us has a sacred responsibility to maintain the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords us. I've told you many, many times this is not a delegatable responsibility. This is nothing that you can that you can say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna delegate uh, looking after my freedoms and liberties to my congressman and my senator because I'm I'm sure that they'll take care of me. I'm sure that they won't do anything that uh, that goes against what I would like for them to do or that or that would possibly uh, destroy some of the rights and freedoms that I have. So uh, I completely uh, rely on them, and uh, thank goodness I can go back to doing whatever I was doing. I'm sure I don't have to tell any one of you guys that you can't do that. There's no way that you can do that because – We've seen it done over and over, and we've seen uh, the horrible results from it. You, each and every one of you guys, has to take responsibility for safeguarding the rights and freedoms. That means you have to, you've got to do something. You can't just talk about it. You can't just think about it. You've got to actually look at it and figure out something you can do. Now, whether it's... uh, going to uh, cspoa.org and donating five or ten bucks. If it's going to your uh, local sheriff and letting him know what's going on and seeing if if, uh, he's willing to go to the convention, then that's something you can do. If it is writing your senators and your congressmen or calling your senators and your congressmen, then that's something that you can do. If it is becoming, if going to an apple seed a two-day rifle marksmanship clinic, setting a goal for yourself of improving your rifle marksmanship, learning about safety, learning about the events of April 19, 1775, uh, shooting to rifleman standards, and then asking to become a part of the Appleseed Project and taking this out uh, and sending it on to the rest of the folks in America, then that's what you need to do. Somewhere, somehow, you've got to figure out where you can plug yourself in and some way that you can become involved in this. It's 
it's getting very, very dangerous right now. It's getting very, very dangerous for American citizens. Uh, I'm not speaking about uh, an evil government. I'm just talking about a government that appears to be getting more and more out of control. A government willing to spend more and more of the money of its citizens uh, with reckless abandon and disregard for their wishes. The government at this time appears to believe that they know better than you how to spend your money. So they're going to take the money from you, and they're going to spend it uh, the way they want to, regardless of what you have to say about it. And uh, I'm sure if you've done any reading on this, you've you've probably read that you know that uh, your government is uh, has seen its end, has seen its death knell, when the people of a country uh, have discovered that they can vote themselves pay, that they can vote themselves money. Uh, once that happens, that's the end of that nation. If uh, if the people of the nation decide that they can just start voting, that they're going to get money from the government, then that's the end of it. The government has uh, no way of making money other than by taking yours. That's the only way government gets money. You hear so many people... Uh, when they do these interviews on the street and they talk to different people or different people are writing about it, they always talk about, well, we'll just we'll get the government to finance this. We'll get the government to pay for this. The government has unlimited resources. The government has no resources. The government has no money other than the money it takes from you. That's the only place that government gets money. So the government's unlimited resources or actually, is actually your wallet, your bank account, reaching its hand in your pocket and uh, and scooping up what's ever in there to fund its unlimited resources. This has to be gotten control of. The, the continuation, whenever Sheriff Mack mentioned earlier, 24,000 gun laws right now. 24,000 gun laws. How did it ever get to this point? Well, the answer is through the, the apathy and the ignorance of the American folks. So we have to get control of this. <clears throat> the only way that we're going to get control is for you, the folks listening, uh, to make a decision to become involved. <clears throat> if you'd like to take, <clears throat> if you'd like to call in, there's still time for us to take your calls. We'll <clears throat> be glad to take any <clears throat> calls or questions. <clears throat> Hold on, just one second. Sorry, we'll be glad to take <clears throat> any calls or questions that you have at three four seven three zero eight eight seven. Nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and uh, you can call about 
the uh, discussion that we had in the first hour with uh, Sheriff Mack and the uh, uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, or we'll be glad to take actually any questions uh, relating to the the show tonight, <clears throat> and especially any uh, of the thank yous or the congratulations uh, for your local crews, because uh, the local crews no different than uh, when we talk about local government <clears throat> making things happen uh, across the nation. It's no different with the Appleseed Project. The local government in the Appleseed Project are those crews on the ground in each of the, the local areas. And those are the folks that make things happen in Appleseed. It's not uh, some uh, – when people talk about national, they're talking about the Appleseed nationally. <clears throat> There's no real <clears throat> national uh, – some uh, some bureaucracy in Appleseed that uh, that is running the thing. <clears throat> all the folks that are on the uh, uh, the advisory board are all folks uh, there working locally in whatever state they're in. <clears throat> and on top of that, the things that happen in each state, in each local area. The folks that are making things happen are the folks that are there in that area, the local folks, the local boots on the ground. That is who runs this program. That's who runs the Appleseed Project, are the local folks. It's not national. National doesn't do anything except uh, uh, they produce guidelines and stuff, but uh, the program is run by the local folks, the local boots on the ground. That's you guys. That's all of us. Whenever I do a shoot here in Davila, uh, I'm running the show locally. I'm running the local Appleseed government. Whenever somebody does a shoot uh, in uh, New Mexico, that's what they're doing. They're running the Appleseed program, the Appleseed government locally. So the thanks, the program, uh, the hard work of the, done, of the program is done by the local crews. Whenever, whenever Hawkhaven runs an event in Indiana, that's what he's doing. He's participating in the the local government of Appleseed by running his show there. <clears throat> so we want to make sure that these folks are recognized and given thanks. You can do that by calling into the show, 347-308-8790, 347-308-8790. we still got a few minutes. We can take some calls if you guys want to call in <clears throat> and uh, tell those folks thanks. Or if you have some event that uh, you're getting ready to run, we'll be glad to take questions on that. If any guys want to uh, have any questions that you want about the billboard projects, then uh, you know, I'm welcome to uh, to give you any information that I can about that. And that is uh, the project where we're trying to get the billboards up in each of the states locally. You want to get a billboard for the, your local area, I'll be glad to talk to you about that. Uh, I'm sure if you uh, – the program right now, we're, we're doing fantastically well, but as I've told you many times before, we've got uh, a large number of venues now. 
and we've got uh, a good number of instructors. The only thing we need to do now is get the word out to more people so that we can fill the lines that we have. <clears throat> and right now, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of folks who would like to attend an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. They'd love to. They'd jump at the chance to. But they don't know about it. They don't know about it. Otherwise, they'd be on the line this coming weekend. <clears throat> so how do we fix that? Because we've got a line sitting there waiting for them. We've got a, we've got a place for them to shoot. We've got instructors ready to teach them the stick steps of firing the shot, uh, how to determine their natural point of aim and shift it onto the target, how to build a steady shooting position. We've got the instructors ready and willing to go to tell them the three strikes of the match story. And we have hundreds of thousands of folks across America uh, just dying to, to, uh, to hear the three strikes of the match. So how do we get them together? How do we get them on the same page and fill the lines? Because once again, this is how you, you make a difference. Uh, a lot of folks think that promo, that promotions is not <clears throat> part of their job. They think that, uh, that their apple seed participation begins on Saturday morning and ends Saturday evening at the end of the event. And it's actually just the opposite, all right? It's actually <clears throat> the, the apple seed itself from Saturday morning until Sunday evening is just the cream, it's the frosting. The real work is done uh, from the end of the event on Sunday evening until the beginning of the next event on Saturday morning. That's where the real work is done. It's getting out and making sure that, uh, that you're talking to folks, that you're seventh-stepping, you're talking to folks about this. Because the only way that folks are going to know that the program exists is uh, predominantly by you telling them. Word of mouth is what has pushed this program, what pushes almost all uh, products and services across the nation. Word of mouth is always the uh, the number one way of getting this done. So you've got to you've got to ask yourself, who have you talked to about this? <clears throat> one of the easiest uh, and most efficient ways is to make a list. Make a list of folks that you know and folks that you come in contact with. Just write, just sit down and write it. it it'll take you a couple of minutes. Write down the number of the folks that you know, the family members, the <clears throat> the uh, acquaintances, the people at work, etc. And then uh, get you uh, get that number of trifolds. Uh, take your apple seed uh, business card that you've made. Uh, if not, uh, get a sharpie and write it uh, on the trifold. Write your contact information there. And then talk to those folks about it. Talk to each of those individuals on your list, and uh, and you don't have to do any kind of big song and dance uh, on this. All you have to do is mention it. Hey, listen, uh, uh, you do any shooting? Uh, are you interested in shooting? And even if you're not, uh, are you interested in making sure that the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you, are you, are you interested in making sure that they're maintained? 
Because if you are, <clears throat> I'd like for you to consider coming to this event. It's the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship uh, Weekend and uh, and attending. And you don't have to be any kind of a crack shot or anything else. You don't have to uh, you don't have to prepare for it. We're going to teach you everything you need to know when you get there. We're going to show you how to sight your rifle in. So don't worry about sighting your rifle in before you get there. We'll show you how to correctly sight it in. Uh, don't worry about being a crack shot because we're going to teach you the uh, fundamentals of becoming a crack shot. We're going to talk to you about uh, the events of April 19, 1775, and we're going to uh, give you a good, solid foundation in rifle safety. Okay? A lot of folks uh, are afraid. They're like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared of guns. Well, we're going to show you the correct way, the safe way to handle a firearm so you no longer need to fear it. Uh, almost all fear comes from ignorance. So we're going to make sure that you're not ignorant so that you don't have fear of a firearm. <clears throat> it doesn't take uh, any kind of skilled uh, you don't have to have any particular gift of gab to do this. All you have to do is just put the seed in their ear, right? That's what this whole program is about, right? Spreading the seeds, Johnny Appleseed. He put the seeds out, and we're not even telling you that you have to, uh, that you've got to put the seeds out and nurture them and water them and, and make sure that they grow so that you yourself can harvest the fruit from that apple tree because that's not what the program's about. We're about putting the seeds out. Sometimes the seeds are going to fall on rocks and uh, they're going to die. Sometimes they're going to fall into a barren piece of earth and die. Sometimes they're going to go into fertile soil and they're going to grow and they're going to uh, produce abundantly. But it's not for you to worry about uh, how well they do. It's not for you to worry about to, to look and say, you know what, I don't see the effects of my labors, therefore I'm, I'm going to quit, I'm going to stop, because I just can't see that I'm doing, that, that, that my labor is producing anything. You may never know that what you tell somebody, where it's going to end up in their heart. You may never see the effects of your labor, but you've got to keep on doing it anyway. If Johnny Appleseed uh, had stopped and he said, I'm just I'm going to stay right here and make sure that this tree grows, this one tree, then what do you think would have happened? And then he would have spent the whole 20 years sitting there beside that tree making sure that that one tree grew and that it, that it was nourished and that it was taken care of. And that one tree produced 100 delicious apples that he could then eat. Uh, what good is that? I mean, it was good for him. It might be good for him because he would have those 100 apples. Instead, he planted tens of thousands of apple trees. And some of them, yep, they died. Some of them uh, uh, never sprouted. Some of them started growing and they died. <clears throat> but the preponderance of them grew. And because of that, uh, there wasn't just 100 apples to nourish. There were millions of apples millions but he couldn't stick around and see if it worked or not uh, you could ask him how many trees do you think made it and he'd say you know I got, I got really no idea I really don't know if my efforts were successful or not but they were 
you got to do the same thing. All right, that's the whole theory behind apple seed project. You're going to go out and you're going to plant the seeds. You may not see the fruit of your labors. You may not see it working. Somebody may not, they may not show up at your event the next weekend when you'd like for them to. They may show up uh, uh, three months later or six months or a year later, or they may never show up. It may not it may not resonate in them, and they may not do any good. It doesn't matter because your job is not to make sure that every single person who hears the message attends. Your job is to make sure that uh, that thousands of people hear the message, to make sure that at least your immediate family, the folks that you come in contact with uh, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, to make sure that they hear the invitation to make sure that the the message of Appleseed gets to as many people as you can get it to. That's what your mission is. <clears throat> if you see people showing up at events that you talk to, excellent. But if you don't, don't take that as a failure. I'm telling you there are, there are folks, I still get folks coming to an event, and uh, they say, yeah, you know what? I first uh, heard about this uh, when you were standing out in the parking lot at Sam's Club and uh, and you talked to me about this about uh, four years ago. And uh, and I'm just not getting around to it. Four years later. Five years later. So, but they, I'm telling you, they wouldn't. It would still be another five years if I hadn't talked to them then. So, <clears throat> so don't discount the effect that you're going to have on people, that spreading the seed, planting the seed is going to have on folks. But you're not going to have any effect if you don't talk to them, if you don't say something, if you don't ask them what, what, have, what have they done in the last, uh, uh, in their life to make sure that the freedoms and liberties that they enjoy by living in this nation are maintained. Is there something that they've done? Maybe they're going to tell you something that's, uh, that's uh, ten times better than apple seed. And uh, you can jump on their bandwagon, all right? Uh, I'm always willing to listen. If somebody's got something good, uh, I'm always willing to jump on and listen. But I'm also always ready to tell folks about this program. All right. Uh, Once again, I'd like for you guys to consider, uh, even if you're not going to donate, please go to uh, www.cspoa.org, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Go to the website and look at what uh, Sheriff Mack and uh, the rest of the guys are doing there. And, uh, and then think about donating to help uh, get uh, one of the 200 sheriffs uh, to the convention, because these 200 sheriffs. This isn't the. Uh, this isn't the end of this. This isn't the. Uh, the goal just to get 200 sheriffs involved, and uh, and then everything's going to be fixed. The goal is to get these 200 there, so that they can be the seeds of an even greater program, of an even larger product. You get uh, 200 folks to be trained, so that they can train the rest of the folks. <clears throat> Remember what happened at Valley Forge. Uh, 
<coughs> the uh, <clears throat> the Baron didn't train every single soldier in the Continental Army, and thereby ensuring that uh, that he had made sure that every soldier understood uh, the manual of arms, uh, so that they could be each and every soldier uh, in the Continental Army could be trained by him uh, in order to be effective fighting force. He picked uh, uh, one of the, one guy out of each of the units, trained them, and then those guys went back and trained their units. That's what this is is doing. Getting 200 of the sheriffs, getting them to the convention, getting them to the constitutional and uh, sheriffs and peace officers association convention. They're going to train them. And those 200 are going to go out <clears throat> and inform the rest of uh, their colleagues about this to educate and equip sheriffs, peace officers, and public officials with the necessary information and public support to carry out their duties in accordance with their oath of office. All right? That's what we're going to try and get done with the convention. And uh, that's what you should be helping with. These are guys that are going to be on the front line of the battle for you. And uh, I, I can't tell you, I, I, I'm hoping that you're understanding how important this is. So you can go to SheriffMac.com. That's uh, Sheriff, Mac's, Sheriff Mac's website. And read about him. Read about what he's he's been doing. <clears throat> and then... Go to the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers uh, Association, the CSPOA.org, and uh, read about the current project that's going on. And uh, and then uh, try and, uh, if you find that you think that this is a good idea, then go ahead and hit the Donate button and help send one of these guys, uh, one of these sheriffs, to the convention, I think they want you to listen to uh, uh, to the message that they're putting out. I think you're going to understand that uh, how important this is. <clears throat> All right, and uh, and we have our friends uh, in Oath Keepers. If you uh, uh, if you go to csposa.org. Uh, You'll also find a video uh, there down at the bottom of the page, which is uh, uh, an Oathkeeper message. And you can send that. You can even send it, uh, you know, anonymously if you want. I say anonymously. I just mean without having to say anything. You can just grab that uh, video and send it to your uh, local sheriff. Just send it to him and let him, uh, let him listen to it. Okay, guys, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the call screener for doing a fantastic job, as he always does, my co-host. And uh, I would like to uh, for you guys to be sure and tune in uh, next Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Central, uh, for another uh, uh, for another show. I got the English lady talking in my ear. Also, make sure that you go to uh, Appleseed Radio on uh, Facebook and uh, and hit like there, Appleseed Radio, and uh, and that you continue to make connection connections on social media so that uh, that we are building a larger and larger base on the social media accounts. And I'm not doing this 
I don't want you to do this for the uh, for the fun of it, but so that we can uh, get the word out to as many people as we can uh, as possible. All right, I'll see you guys this next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in, and uh, God bless you all. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.